faith. I, uh, I love Jordan Felice. He's a wonderful, wonderful singer. You know, we've been uh, looking at some of the high points in the book of First Peter. And Peter wrote this uh, book when uh, Christians were being persecuted. This, again, is during the reign of Nero. Uh, persecution was extreme, and we talked a little bit about the, the fact that uh, this was a, a time when Christians were being thrown in arenas and being mauled to death by wild dogs and lions. Uh, they were being hung from poles and set on fire to kind of light the streets of Rome. And so this is the context in which Peter writes, writes this book. And Peter is addressing Christians, both then and I believe today, who are facing trials, who are facing persecution and difficulties. And he's talking to Christians who, in the future, are going to face those kind of things. And so as you read the book, and I hope you've taken time to read it's five short chapters, uh, but... There are two main themes that emerge. Peter, first of all, emphasizes that in the midst of persecution, that the hope of Jesus Christ is always there. And then he reminds us over and over again that as Christ followers, that we're to be different. You know, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. We are aliens. We are citizens of heaven. And so our values and our priorities and our belief system should be totally different than the world's. And so today what I want to focus on is I want to talk about calling. You know, Peter uses that word call, calling, called. He uses it over and over again. And I wonder, do you know that you have a calling from God? that you have been chosen, that you have been called by God to do something. Because when you realize that, I believe it not only builds anticipation of what's going to happen in the future, but it empowers you to move forward boldly in your life, that it changes your total perspective of life. I remember when I was in third grade and my teacher, Mr. Raymond, he asked me to be the class monitor. Now, I must confess to you, I didn't realize it at the time, but I think the reason why he asked me, I was the biggest problem in the class. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I didn't sit well. Uh, I talked a lot. Imagine that. Um, and I was always goofing off, you know, I couldn't stay in line, uh, I, I would be pushing the person in front of me, or I'd stopped abruptly so that the person behind me would run in, you, you get the picture, right? I know you're going, I can't believe that about you, but, but it's absolute, absolutely true, absolutely true. Um, but you know what happened when he asked me to be the monitor? My perspective changed. I was a different person. Suddenly, I was watching for even the slightest infraction. I was a monitor, and I knew what to look for because of my vast experience, you know. And so if there was a violation, I'd write it down. I kept track. Someone was getting out of line. You know, someone was getting pushed. If they were walking too fast or too slow... I was a monitor. I was called to, to take care of things, so I'd call you out. I'd write it down. And I, the fact is, I, uh, I did uh, morning roll call. Uh, would 
turn in who was having lunch, who wasn't having lunch, uh, run errands to the office. Uh, if somebody needed a bathroom pass, they had to go through me. Uh, and so it was just, it was one of those things that I took it very, very seriously, the job that I was given. And, and my point, and don't miss this, I believe when you're called to do something, it changes your perspective, and it empowers you to do what you're called to do. Now, having said that, Christ followers, you have a calling. Some of you may be going, well, what's God calling me to? Well, first of all, there's a universal calling. Everyone on this planet God is calling to make Jesus Christ their their Savior and Lord. The Holy Spirit's always calling, creating a a spiritual hunger in in people, a a loneliness, the fact that things aren't aren't the way they should be. And so it pulls us toward God. In other words, God doesn't want anybody to perish in this world, but wants everybody to say yes to Jesus as their Savior. God wants everybody to come to faith and to follow Jesus Christ. So Peter, who knew what it was like to be called by Jesus, you remember Peter was a fisherman. That was his trade before he started following Jesus. That story is found in Luke uh, 5. I challenge you to read it this week. It's a great read. But Peter and his partners, James and John, they apparently had been out fishing all day, and they hadn't caught anything. They came in. It was uh, probably mid-morning when they rolled back in. Jesus is on the shore. Jesus jumps in one of, one of the boats, and he starts teaching. And he, so he's teaching from the water's edge. And after he finishes teaching, Jesus turns to Peter, and he says, Hey, uh, why don't you go back out into the deep water, let down your nets, and let's see what happens. And so I'm thinking about Peter at this point, what he's thinking. He's like, "Uh, okay, I'm a fisherman. This is a waste of time. I didn't catch anything earlier. It hasn't changed any. I'm a fisherman. You're a teacher. But for whatever reason, he gets in the boat, and he launches back out, and he tosses the nets over. The catch was so miraculous that, that Peter knew that Jesus was not an ordinary man. He recognized that Jesus was holy in that moment. And Scripture says when he came back in with the catch, he kneels down before Jesus and he says, Lord, I'm sinful. And Jesus calls Peter and James and John to follow him. He calls them to to leave their nets and to start fishing for people. And so these guys leave everything to follow Jesus. Peter clearly understood what it meant to be called. He understood what it meant to, to leave his desires, to leave everything behind. And so he follows faithfully. He follows Jesus. So that's, that's one calling, to be called to follow Jesus. But then there's a, a, what I call a very unique calling, an individual calling, because he was called to be a disciple, you know, be the founder of, of the church ultimately. 
And so this is a calling that's very particular to who you are. You know, like I was called to be a pastor. I was in eighth grade, and I sensed God saying, go into ministry. And the fact is, I recognized that call and pursued it. Some of you maybe feel, feel called, maybe been called to go into missions or to study something in college. Some of you have been called to teach or to be a nurse or major in business or something. And you knew in your core that that's where you were called to go. It's very specific, it's an assignment, and it changes the whole trajectory of your life usually. But then there's a daily calling, and this is our main focus today. This is where I want us to kind of hone in. It's a daily calling as a follower of Jesus Christ to be different, to be different in our standards and how we live. And I know normally when we think about calling, we tend to think about what we do. But God starts with who we are. God is is more concerned about who you are before he gets involved in what you do. You know, if if the who isn't right, I will tell you the do will never be right in your life. You know, God's concerned about our motives, our heart, our integrity, our obedience. And the who we are will lead us to understand what we need to be doing in our life. When, when you know who you are, you know what to do. It's that clear. You know, see, Peter, Peter's writing to a group of first century Christians who had forgotten their call. They forgot who they were, you know, who they were called to be. They were confused about it because the world hated them. They were being persecuted. And so these Christ followers, are, are, they're struggling with their calling. I was thinking about our, our society uh, in that day is different than ours. In the society in that day, they, they really looked at the Christian faith with suspicion. In fact, there was a little bit of fear with it. And I, I think it's hard for us to understand, but society thought that Christians were incestuous. You know, because they had agape fests that people knew about, love fests. And who came to those? Well, brothers and sisters. They just left out the important part. In Jesus Christ, they came together. And so cultures like, wow, those, those people are weird. They didn't understand. A lot of misinformation flying around. You know, society thought they were cannibals. Why? Well, because Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body. It's been broken for you. And because they didn't understand, they had misinformation, they, they, they just went down that path. And then you had all the miracles that were taking place. You know, they, they thought that uh, Jesus, the disciples, the early church, they, they thought they were magicians. And so there's all this misinformation, and it's flying around, and society hated Christians in that day. And they persecuted them for that. So Peter steps in, and he says, I want to remind you who you are. If you want to understand what you're called to do, you need to first remember who you are. Peter, he writes in uh, 1 Peter, uh, second chapter, he says, but you're a chosen people, a holy nation, God's special possession." 
Christ followers, you are chosen by God. Let that sink in for a minute. You belong to God. You're, you're a royal priesthood. You know, first century, to be a priest was to be highly respected. Peter's reminding Christians, he says, you are in ministry now. You're, you're ministers of God. You're called to serve. You're called to be in a lost and broken world and make a difference. You're called to make a difference with your one and only life. And he says, we're a holy nation. In other words, we're, we're not different and all alone, but we're different together. You know, we're, we're part of a greater kingdom. We're part of the kingdom of God. We're not citizens of this world. No, we're citizens of heaven. And so he's reminding them, this is your calling. This is your calling that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. You've been called. You've been set apart. You've been chosen. You've been called out of that dark world, and you've been called into the light of Jesus Christ. See, we're no longer who we used to be. We're new creation. We're new creation because we've been transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. Friends, when you know who you are, it helps you understand what you're supposed to do in life. You know, we live in a culture that, that the fact is they do not like Christians. Have you figured that out? Overarching, Christians are not liked. Now, the good news is we're not known for being incestuous, cannibals, practicing magic. I mean, I'd say for the most part, we have corrected that line of uh, misinformation. But the bad news, there are many in our culture that see Christ followers as self-righteous, judgmental, and intolerant. That's the struggle, my friends. Typically, some some so-called Christians have earned that stereotype because they've, they've spewed hatred and bigotry in the name of Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, that is an affront to a holy God. It's unacceptable. It's sin. It breaks God's heart. Peter is calling Christ followers then and today He's calling us to be different, uh, and it is a daily calling that we're called to. What is it? Well, he says, dear friends, I, I, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. I want you to notice something here. Peter doesn't say, now convince everybody first about what, what they need to believe. He doesn't say that, does he? What's he say? He says, live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. He says, live God-honoring lives. That's the call, to live God-honoring lives. 
you know, to live God-honoring lives that, that people can see. See, we must first earn our credibility as followers of Christ by, by loving people, by treating people with respect, by extending grace. And before people will ever hear us, we have to live properly among the people around us, our neighbors. He says, it is God's will. What's God's will? That your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Hmm. It's the way you live. It's not the way you argue. It's not what you post in social media. It's the way you live your life. That's what silences people who don't know any better. You know, what's our strategy? Well, our strategy is always to live confidently and boldly and to share the love of God with the people around us, you know, to, to love irrationally, you know, to give generously, to serve people on a day-to-day basis and to do it over and over and over and over and over again in our lives. And friends, we will not reach everybody. But guess what? Over time, as you're consistent in how you live, as you're God-honoring with your life, as you live with integrity, guess what? You will reach some of them. And if we live properly in this world, You silence the objections ultimately. Peter continues, he goes, well, what are we called to do here? He says, for God called you, God called you to do good. Even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. Here's what I want you to understand. There are times that you will do good and you will suffer for it. Peter's writing Christians in the first century. I mean, they're suffering in unimaginable ways. I can't even get my mind around it. Different today, especially in America. But guess what? you may not get that promotion or that job because of your faith. You may not get invited to the party because you're living faithfully for Jesus Christ. People may make fun of you because of your faith. But you continue to live with the love of Jesus Christ going out through you. You continue to do good. You continue to do the God-honoring thing even in the midst of the suffering. You continue to follow Jesus Christ faithfully and obediently no matter what the repercussions are. You see, following in, we're following in the steps of Jesus Christ. You know, being loving and gentle and kind, always extending grace. I'm marked by the fact that Jesus was never arrogant. He was never condescending. He was never rude or dismissive. Oh, the religious leaders he tied into once in a while, but that's a whole other thing. 
Jesus was never proud. He was never hateful. In fact, Jesus would model how to love the unlovable. He would show grace to those that honestly were offensive. And we're to follow the example of Jesus Christ. That's our example. That's who we follow. It says he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Peter goes on the next verse. He says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and what? Live for what is right. Live for what is right. Live for what is right. This is the call. This is the call that, that God puts before us. This is the call of our Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is what we've been called to. We've called to, called to be different in this world. We're called to be like Jesus Christ. We are called to follow God obediently. And it is a daily calling. It happens moment by moment, and we are called to be different. You know, Peter goes on the next chapter. He says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Repay evil with blessing. Because to this you've been called so that you may inherit a blessing. That's worth thinking about all week, honestly, that that verse right there, just letting it saturate your mind. We do not repay evil with evil. We don't retaliate. When, When somebody insults, what are we called to do? We're called to bless. Whoa, that's tough. It's what we're called to do. As Christ followers. In a very similar vein, Jesus, Jesus said this. He says, you've heard the laws that say, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. That's jarring. Pray for those who persecute you. Christ followers. When someone treats you unfairly, we turn the other cheek. When somebody hates you, we we pray and we show love. As followers of Jesus Christ, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do in your life. We are chosen by God. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, citizens of heaven. And if you know who you are, you know how to live and you know what to do in your life. I'm not saying it's easy, but you know. See, you have an assignment from God. You have been called by God to live differently. And it is a daily calling. It is a daily calling to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through you. It is a daily calling to show the love of God to the people around you by how you live your life. 24-7, you are to live out your faith by what you say and what you do. You have been called by God. 
And I believe when you understand who you are, you see the world differently. Your heart, it beats differently. You know, when you know who you are, you listen to that Holy Spirit, you know what to do. And you live differently than the people around you. You've been called by God out of the darkness into the light. Light light shines bright in the darkness. And, And when the world is dark and broken, we're not afraid of it, are we? I mean, the darker it gets, the brighter we should shine. We are called by God to shine. And here's what I want you to get. Know who you are. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You are precious. You are chosen. And if you understand that, you will absolutely know what to do. And you'll be who God created you to be and called you to be. And I believe that is a very different way to live especially when you think about culture in our world today. We are called by God. We are called by God to be a holy nation and to live differently, to live differently. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, I know there are some here today that... um, Maybe they haven't made you their Savior and Lord. God, I pray that in this moment that uh, they just uh, lift their heart to you and say, I want that. I want Jesus as my Savior. I want, I hear that calling, Lord. I want to be yours. God, I know there are many here today that You called us, and it may have been a year ago or may have been 50 years ago. But God, you called us, and we know that. We know who we are. And God, I pray that uh, we would live accordingly, that we would be a light in this world, that we would live different than the rest of the world, that God, it would be our testimony. It would be our witness. God, may we shine bright. May this church shine bright. And may we be who you called us to be. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise with all we think, all we say, all we do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And God's people said... Amen. Let's worship together.